Well, Merry Christmas. It's great to see you. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. And if this is your very first time at Life Church, welcome. We're glad to have you. That reading is probably the diff most difficult reading passage reading I do all year long, trying to keep attention and whatever. And, and there's, that wasn't the first time that we took that cut, just to let you know. There was children just robing and just going nuts. And finally, I had to say, look, there's a pizza party. And then Wow, food. It's amazing how food catches their attention. So it's great to see you. And um, I'm going to just uh, share a very simple Christmas message. If you have your Bibles, Isaiah chapter 9. If you don't, it's going to be on the screen in just a minute. But I want to ask you a question from the very beginning. What is the greatest, think back in your lifetime, you don't have to say it out loud, but the greatest Christmas gift you've ever received? You don't have to say Jesus, I, I mean, besides Jesus, right? We could all say that. But what's the greatest, like, think back on your memories. For me, it was 1982. Any other kids of the 80s? All right, yeah, okay. And it was 1982, and I had, I was in the sixth grade. I had this bicycle that I wanted. It was a, a Schwinn 4130 chromoly frame and fork with Skyway Tough Wheel 2 uh, wheels, no joke, Dicompi brakes, gooseneck uh, seat post, and uh, it was a, 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 it was called a Predator P2000. It was the most expensive bike that I had, but up to that point, it was like an $80 Huffy, $50 Huffy, anybody else? That was like, man, it took like two guys just to pick it up, and you would break the frames on them when you do these BMX stuff and all that, and so finally, I had talked my parents into hey, if I put my birthday together and I put Christmas together, so my birthday is New Year's Eve, next weekend, next Sunday for anybody who wants to know. <laughs> my size is extra large, I like, I'm just teasing. So um, my, my, my dad went for it. I don't know if you were ever as a kid, but like I would like try to talk my way into, hey, what if we tried this? My oldest, Anna, is not that way. Ava, my youngest, is totally that way. And like, hey, Dad, like we just need a family time together. Maybe we go to Florida for the family. Throw in Disney because it's all about family. Yeah. So this was one of my deals. And, and so I was just like, hey, Dad, what if I did this? And I put this together and this together, da 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 da, -da And this was Christmas. And so I, he said yes, which was amazing. And I will never, that, that is the greatest, best Christmas gift I, I think I've ever gotten, ever. And I still remember it to this day. I remember the day I had to give the bike away because it was at my parents' house. And my, and my dad's like, you're going to have, either have to take this or we're giving it away. And so it's like, well, I don't think I'm going to ride it anymore. And blah, 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 blah. I still miss that bike. But regardless, whatever greatest Christmas gift you received, Isaiah, 700 years before the birth of Christ, tells and foretells of the greatest Christmas gift that will ever be given to humanity. And he prophesies these words 700 years before they happen. Isaiah chapter nine, verse two. It says, and the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. For you have multiplied the nation. You've increased its joy. They rejoice before you as you as with joy at the harvest. Verse six, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. 
Now, Isaiah's prophetic declaration reveals basically three reasons that Jesus came to the earth. Number one, Jesus came to lighten our darkness. Jesus came to lighten our darkness. He came to bring light to our very dark world and existence. Look at verse two again. And the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light and those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness on them a light has shone. I know Nando said it a few minutes before in the, in the worship set. And some of you may have not had this opportunity and joy to be able to invite Jesus Christ to come into your heart and into your life. But for those of us in this room that have, do you remember the moment that you asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, to come into your life and be your Lord and your Savior? Do you remember that moment where, as the old hymn writer would say, and the burdens of your soul were rolled away? All of a sudden, this freedom, this peace, this light and lightness inside of you, the heaviness is gone, the clouds have parted, and all of a sudden, and the reality of that is, is that for the very first time in your human existence, you, the, creature, the creation, are now in direct alignment with the creator through Jesus Christ. And so all of a sudden, there is nothing that's hindering this relationship between you and God the Father because the sin that's, that separates us, the sin that keeps us from God is all of a sudden gone. And when the light of Christ comes into our life, he, he dispels darkness, first of all, from our own souls, down deep in who we are. And, and, uh, and, and I hope that next month you'll come back as we begin a, a new series that we're going to be talking about a mind shift of what happens in our lives when we give our lives to Christ, that that soul is regenerated, that, that the soul of man, that when you give your life, when you, Romans 10, 9 and 10, when you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you are saved. In that moment, you are redeemed. In that moment, your soul is, is, is set apart. In that moment, you are as right with God as you're ever going to be this side of eternity. John says it this way in John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus says, for I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's what Jesus does. He brings light beyond our emotions, beyond our minds, beyond our bodies, into our own souls. And, it, and also not just there, but into every situation that we deal with and to everything that we deal with in life, in our relationships, in our job, in our work, in our school, and everything. Psalm 23, verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Jesus comes into our world, and he lightens our world. He changes. Secondly, Jesus comes in, and he increases our joy. Isaiah says he will come in and he will increase your joy. Look at verse three again. For you have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy and they rejoice, which means to have joy again in, before you with joy at the harvest. We live in a world that talks about happiness, but we don't talk about joy. No car commercial promises joy. Have you ever noticed that? No getaway vacation promises you joy. No... No fragrance promises you joy. No, no, no mall promises you joy. They all promise you happiness. Why? Because happiness is based upon happenings. If I gave you $1,000 today, you would be happy in that moment. I'm, I'm sure there's somebody that would be mad about something. Like, right? I can't believe he spent the church money that way. Whatever. <laughs> somebody would get, get their shorts twisted about something. But, but for most of us, 
it would be, if, especially if you're receiving, it's like, holla, right? Don't hate me because you ain't me, amen? Can I get a witness? I know it's Christmas, but let's just be real. But joy is not based upon happenings. Joy is not based upon circumstances. Joy is something that's based upon a decision that becomes way deeper that comes out of the character of who we are. It's the reason why joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit, that when Christ is in you, he not just only lightens you, but the Bible says that you will have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control. And he goes on in verse 23 and says in Galatians chapter 5, and against these there is no law. There's no restraint. There's no end. So I don't have to have the new car. I don't have to have the fragrance. I don't have to get what I want for Christmas. I don't even, man, this is hard for me to say this. I don't even have to get the bicycle at Christmas to have joy. Happiness, yes. Joy? No, no, no. Joy lasts through the night. Joy is there in the morning. Joy is there in my darkest time. Joy is there when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. S.D. Gordon, the author and pastor, said this, that joy is distinctly a Christian word and a Christian thing. It's a reverse of happiness. Happiness is a result of what happens in an agreeable sort. But joy has its springs deep down inside, the spring that never runs dry. No matter what happens, only Jesus can give that kind of joy. He had joy, singing its music within, even under the shadow of the cross. Joy to the world. Not happiness, because happiness is here, and then you lost that love and feeling. It's gone, gone, gone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Third, Jesus came to meet our deepest needs. He came to meet our deepest needs. Look at verse 6 of Isaiah again. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We read those and we kind of go, yeah, that sounds really great and really wonderful. Great, where are we going for lunch? That's what we think. But wonderful counselor means our supernatural source of extraordinary wisdom. I don't need intelligence. Not in this world, not with chat, GBT. There's all the intelligence in the world that we need. Matter of fact, we have more information than we know what to do with. I don't need another podcast. I don't need another book. But I need wisdom. I need to know how to navigate to the information that's happening in my world. I need wisdom. I, I need supernatural. I need God to put his super under my natural. And I need to understand how do I deal? How do I handle? How do I navigate? How do I go through? Mighty God, he's our supernatural source of divine protection. Wow, if ever I feel like I need protection, it's today. Every day I turn on the news and there's crazy stuff happening. Let's just talk about this for a minute, because this, this is one of these things that's like, it's just like, you ever felt like the world's just going crazy? Like, this is just nuts. Like, you have moments, I, this is where I, I go from. I have moments where I just want to go off the grid, right? Anyone else? Just like, completely, I'm done. I'm done. See you. Peace out, Girl Scout. I am gone. And then, because it's like, this has gotten too crazy to manage. And then there's other moments I just want to like stand up in the middle of the shopping mall and get a double net polyester three-piece suit and just, you know, preach, right? The end of the world is coming. I want to be that crazy guy because I'm just thinking, you people have lost your ever-loving mind. 
You may not have that feeling. I do occasionally. And I will really work hard as a pastor at Life Church not to do that to embarrass you to be on the nightly news for that, okay? I, it's crazy. And, and I watch people and they're in fear. I watch people, how they, how they live their lives. I, I, I saw an entire family yesterday. I, I don't even know if I should say this or not, but I mean, I just, the, the fear that just there of just, of just completely like they, I, I'm at a restaurant and I can see them and, and they're masked up and they're in the car together. And so they've all been together like this. I'm thinking you're a same family. And then they're in, in the mall and they're that way. And then, and then, and then by the time I was done, they were, they were going back out to their car. And I'm just thinking like, I get it. Like there are times where you need protection and there's times where you need that. But I'm thinking you're all together and you're still, it, this isn't just something like you're going into an environment that's going to be unhealthy for you potentially. This is just a mindset. And you just go, wow. And, and then you just see people that you can just see it on their face. You can just see the fear on their face. And I'm not going here and I'm not going there and I'm not driving here and I won't go downtown and I won't go uptown and I won't go up here and I won't go over there and I won't fly here and I won't fly there and I won't go here. And what happens if this happens? What happens if you get, this is the beautiful part about being a Christ follower. Again, I'm not talking about being stupid folks, right? I'm not licking doorknobs. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> But mighty God, he's my protection. So I don't have to walk and live in fear. God never created me to have the spirit of fear, but to walk in power and love and of a sound mind. How do I do that? Because of Jesus, he meets that need because I have the same need that those people that I saw yesterday that were complete, you could just see it on their face, completely freaked out. I have the same type of, I'm human just like, and I think, and it's crazy and it's all of that. And, and, but at the end of the day, it's like, how do, where's the peace come from? Jesus, everlasting father. He is the supernatural source of love and care. The world that we live in, can I just tell you the identity crisis that we deal with in our world today is the direct need of everybody in this world needs that everlasting love that only God can give. That John 3:16, for God so loved the world. That word so means without strings and without conditions. And you watch people. I'm at the mall yesterday. I know that's crazy. It's Christmas. I shouldn't be there, but I was there. And I'm just like watching people going, they're just trying so hard to stand out just trying so hard to be cool, trying so hard to be accepted, trying so hard. You know, it's like, do you remember, uh, those of you in the 80s will remember this, there was a whole, whole marketing brand that was like, uh, it was a generic brand because we were against labels. So, but being non-generic actually was a label in and of itself. So it kind of became this self-refuting marketing scheme. The, the very thing that you don't wanna be, you become. Where, where does that need, I just need to be loved. I need someone to know me and all of my junk and still love me. And so we have a world filled full of people that are trying to find that. And they will change any part of their anatomy, any part of their mindset, any part of their look, any part of their exterior, interior, whatever. And they will give all kinds of rhetoric around it. Why? Because I just want to be loved and accepted. Everlasting. Father, God looks at every one of us through his son, Jesus Christ, and says, I love you, and I made you, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God, God, God never, God has no trash cans. 
God, had, God throws away nothing. No one is ever just an accident or, or a, an oops or a, wow, how did that happen? No. So when Jesus comes and it says he should be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, he will need, meet, that, meet that need that only he as a father can meet. And Prince of Peace, it's pretty self-explanatory, but he'll give us peace. Peace that, that nothing else can quite buy. Peace that nothing else can quite give. Peace that you can't find at Walgreens. Peace that you can't get prescribed at, at the doctor's office. Peace, peace that passes understanding. Peace that goes through the night, peace. Now I want you to notice as I, as I land the plane today, that the thread that connects each one of these truths, verse six. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Jesus. Jesus came to lighten our darkness. Jesus came to increase and give us joy. Jesus came to meet the deepest needs that we have. Don't miss the fact that Jesus came to earth for us, for you, for me. It's personal. Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 and 23 says, And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. So this is Matthew quoting Isaiah, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So the only places in Scripture that's found, one of the most powerful names of Jesus is Emmanuel. And at Christmas, we celebrate the fact that God no longer is a babe lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, waiting for the shepherds and the fields to come by night. He's not in Bethlehem anymore. He's no longer awaiting for the wise men to come. Mary is no longer looking at him pondering these things in her heart, the Bible says. He's not a 12-year-old boy that's at the temple over Passover as his parents have forgotten about him and they come back three days later. If you've ever forgotten your children, Mary and Joseph did that with Jesus, just saying. And when they find him, he looks at him and says, where did you think I would be? Because how easy it is to forget even Jesus' own mom and dad, who he was and why he came. We can see supernatural things of God. We can, we can see the wise man. We, 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 can, we, we, can, we can have angelic visits. We can have all these things that happen just like Mary did. But 10, 12 years later, she's kind of forgotten. Hey, he's not this 12-year-old boy that's just the son of a carpenter and the mother of, of, of some gal from that. No, he is the son of God. So where else would he be? He's no longer the carpenter living somewhere in some seaside village. 
He's no longer the one that's preaching to the thousands. He's no longer the one that's, that's raising uh, Lazarus from dead. He's no longer the one that's hearing blind Bartimaeus on the road that cries out for, for healing. He's no longer the one that's sitting at the table that John records over and over and over. He's no longer the one that's beckoning to Zacchaeus. He's no longer the one sitting at the, at the, at, at the Last Supper. He's no longer the one that, that's, that's, that's there in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's not there anymore. I can take you to the Garden of Gethsemane. He's not there. No, he's not there anymore. He's no longer awaiting the trial in the outer temple courts. He's no longer waiting for, for Peter to deny him three times. He's no longer waiting in front of Pontius Pilate, his death and his life, where Pontius is like, what should I do? How, I've got the power of life and death in my hands. And Jesus says, no, the only power that you have has not been given to you by Caesar or by Rome. It's been given to you by God above and nothing will happen before it's time to happen. He's no longer walking the Via Della Rosa. He's no longer needing someone to carry his cross. He's no longer nailed on a, on, a, on a hill called Golgotha between two thieves. He's no longer crying out to God saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's no longer dead on the cross. He's no longer in the tomb that, that, that was borrowed and that was given to him. He's no longer just resurrected from that tomb and walking the earth somewhere, oh no. He has ascended to the right hand of the Father and the Bible says his job from now until Jesus Christ comes back is forever to make intercession for you and for me. What does that mean? He's forever being that wonderful counselor. He's forever on your behalf being that mighty God. He's forever on your behalf being the Prince of Peace. He's forever trying desperately to be the everlasting Father and give you the love and the peace that you so desperately seek. Emmanuel, God is now with us. And on this Christmas Eve, no matter what 2023 held for you or what 2024 holds, God is with you because Jesus came for you. I have traveled many moonless nights, cold and the babe inside and I wonder what I've done Holy Father you have come and chosen me now to carry your son
with every head bowed and every eye closed, just out of reverence for this moment, maybe you've never invited Jesus Christ to come in your heart and come into your life and be your Lord and be your savior. Maybe you've never had that breath of heaven through the Holy Spirit just flood your heart where there's peace that passes understanding and joy that's unspeakable and undeniable. Maybe as I was talking today, you were just like, man, to have that supernatural wisdom in my life, that divine protection that's in my life, that peace and that love. John 3, 16 says, for God so loved you and I that he gave his one and only son, Jesus. That's what we celebrate on Christmas. That whosoever would believe on Jesus would have everlasting life. John 17 goes on to say, for God sent not his world into the, his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him, through Jesus, the world might be saved. So today, if that's you, you said, man, Aaron, I've never invited Jesus Christ into my heart and my life. I've never made that decision. I mean, I believe in him, but I've just never made a confession of my faith. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, I just wanna pray with you. And I'm just gonna ask you just to slip up your hand high enough for me to be able to see it. You don't have, thanks, just high enough, just up and back down and say, that's me, man. Would you pray for me today? Thank you, thank you. Anyone else? Thank you, thank you. Am I gonna embarrass you? I promise you. I'm not gonna even ask you to leave your seat. I just wanna pray with you, thanks. Anyone else? Thank you, thank you. Just up and back down. You don't have to keep holding it up, just up and back down. Here's what I wanna do with every head bowed and every eye closed, and that's just out of reverence for the moment. I'm gonna ask you to pray a prayer with me. And the Bible says in Romans 10, nine and 10, I quoted it in the message, that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That's what we're gonna do. Salvation doesn't come from anything that you do or I do, it's a gift. It's not about my work or my actions. It's about what Jesus did it on the cross. When he said, it is finished, it is finished. The question isn't, do I need to do something? The question is, do I need to, will I accept the gift, the free gift of salvation, which is the greatest gift of Christmas. So I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer with me out loud. I'm gonna ask those of you in this room that have prayed this prayer before to lend your voice and to pray with people that will be praying this prayer, some of them for the very first time. It's that simple. With every head bowed and every eye closed, would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, to come into my life, to be my Lord and to be my savior today. I am a sinner and I need salvation through you, Jesus. I believe Jesus you were born of a virgin, son of God, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave, just like the Bible says. I give you my life today and I ask for your joy, for your peace, for your wisdom and for your love in my life today and for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for people that prayed that prayer. Lord, you know the hell, the torment, 
the confusion. God, you know the, the, the world around them. You know what's behind them. You know what they're facing tomorrow. God, you know more about them than they know about themselves. I pray right now, oh God, let your peace that passes understanding. Lord, you say in your word that we have not because we ask not. I ask that your peace would just invade their heart and their situation. I pray, God, that you would put the super onto their natural. Lord, you know the situations that they're facing. And miraculously, that you would just do things in their life, God, that would so seal this decision that any time they come to doubt it or to question it, that it would be above reproach. It would be above question. It would be above doubt because of the work of the Holy Spirit deep in their heart that they're seeing in their lives. I pray, God, for joy. I pray, God, for wisdom. And I pray, God, for your love. God will just fill them this Christmas Eve. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Can we give praise and just for people who made a decision to follow Christ today?